Hi, my name is Ariane. I'm a traveler and I run a travel blog. Join me each week as I discover life, love, and the world. This is my Wonderlust Journey podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Wonderlust Journey podcast. It's been a couple weeks since I've recorded. It's been a little bit hectic around here. <laughs> so thank you so much for tuning in. I'm really excited to be bringing you the next couple episodes. So it's something that I'm really passionate about, and that is, of course, cruising. So a lot of my clients do come to me because I am a cruise specialist. So if this is something and a mode of travel that is of interest to you, I'd love to help you out to plan your next vacation, whether it be a cruise or anything else. But I definitely do consider myself a cruise expert. I've traveled on many different cruise lines, been on many different cruise lines in the way of ship inspections and whatnot. And it is, like I said, something that I'm really passionate about. Yeah, I'd love to help you out and send me a message through Instagram at wonderlessjourney.ca or you can send me an email or visit my blog for my contact me information and I'll get back to you. So diving right in today, I'm talking about Cruising 101 planning the perfect cruise. So again, as a travel advisor who specializes in cruises, I get asked so many questions in regards to planning for and booking the perfect cruise for my clients. So I really thought I would chat about some of what I go through with my clients to help best pick a cruise for that fits them and what preparing for a cruise looks like. So whether you're looking for an ocean or a river cruise, to planning which destination and cruise line is best for you and your budget. I'm going to cover it all in this episode, including some of my best tips and tricks when it comes to planning your cruise. So let's kind of back up a little bit and talk about why I love to cruise. So cruising is honestly one of my personal favorite ways to travel. It makes travel so stress-free and relaxing, I find. I get to arrive onto a ship, which in, you know, in in a case, it's essentially like a floating hotel. You unpack once and you wake up in a new destination pretty well every day. Cruising also offers a great way to test out destinations to see where you'd love to travel back to and spend more time. It can also give you the opportunity to visit places that you might have not have thought to otherwise travel to. For example, St. Petersburg, Russia. It's on a Baltic cruise itinerary. It's one of those places that it's not the easiest to get to because of visas and whatnot. So a lot of people, they put Russia off because they might think of safety and that kind of thing. But visiting these types of places on a cruise can be very less intrusive and makes it really easy to visit these places. 
Sea days are also a nice relaxing break. Sometimes the ships themselves can be destinations on their own with plenty to do and see on board. Again, depending on the cruise line, it's great for some of them are great for families and lots of family style activities. Other cruise lines, they're a lot more relaxed, more relaxed paced. So the spas are really nice on board. And again, there's always something for everybody. So first of all, when planning your cruise, the first step is to really contact someone who is a specialist when it comes to cruises. Certain travel advisors and travel agents have access to offers or onboard extras that you might not have as a consumer. So myself, I hold specialist certifications with all the major cruise lines. I'm a travel advisor member of Virtuoso, which is an exclusive membership for travel advisors, and have personal relationships with many of the cruise line managers within the cruise industry. I usually offer my clients exclusive benefits when they book their cruise with me. So if you'd like to have a chat about your own cruise, again, like I said in the beginning, please don't hesitate to contact me. I'd love to have a personal chat about cruising and help you find the perfect cruise for you. So when it comes to picking your cruise, there are many factors to think of when it comes to picking which cruise would be the best for you. Here are some of the topics I bring up with my clients when helping them select a cruise. So the first one is really the destination and the itinerary. This actually is one of the main things I consider personally when I pick my own cruise. Cruises are available now to all seven continents, so there's really an itinerary for everyone. The things you should consider with destinations are, of course, what time of year is best to visit, if there's a shoulder season, and the length of time you're in each port. So some cruise lines offer overnights in certain ports, like St. Petersburg, Russia, for instance. Most cruise lines do tend to overnight because it is such a bucket list destination for people. There's also even longer days. For instance, if your cruise is visiting Rome, you're most likely going to stop in Sivdavecchia which is about 80 kilometers outside the city of Rome. So usually you're going to have a little bit of a longer port day there. Just to give time so that the uh, tours can go in and out of Rome and you're not going to be too rushed. The other thing you want to consider is what is the weather like? For instance, cruising the Mediterranean in the winter months If that's when you have vacation time, well, it's probably not going to be an option for you. (laughs) Uh, However, if you do need to travel in the winter, cruises to South America, Tahiti, Australia, the Caribbean, those are what are in season during that time. So the other thing I look for when I cruise is unique destinations when cruising. So we're seeing the return of Turkey to cruise itineraries and new and unique cruises such as now the Black Sea. So the Black Sea cruises, for instance, you can actually see countries like Georgia, Russia, and some of those other areas within the Black Sea, Turkey. So there's some really interesting, unique itineraries that are coming back. 
also cruises from Africa all the way to Australia, and then more options to Antarctica is what we're kind of seeing right now. So choosing which cruise line is best for you. Again, as I kind of mentioned already, there's definitely a cruise line for everyone. I have my personal favorites based on my personal experiences with certain companies in the past, but it really depends on what you're looking for and what your budget is. There are other factors to selecting cruise lines, such as if you're wanting an adults-only cruise. If that's important, you might want to look at Viking Cruises or Virgin Voyages. Is food your thing? (laughs) Well, you might want to try Oceana, Crystal, Windstar, or Seabourn. They're known for their cuisine at sea. Windstar, for instance, is actually paired with the James Beard Foundation. So there's lots of different options when it comes to the foodie style cruise. Are you looking for something family friendly? Well, you might want to consider Norwegian Cruise Line or Royal Caribbean might also be a good option for you. Are you looking for a cruise line that has a solid reputation for certain itineraries? For instance, Holland America is absolutely amazing for Alaska. Azamara has unique as amazing events. Paul Gauguin does amazing itineraries of Tahiti and the South Pacific. And Silver Sea offers weekends with special access to the Monaco Grand Prix. So it really just depends on what you're looking for and what is on your bucket list. Are you looking for a small ship experience? If so, Windstar, Regent Seven Seas, Crystal, Silver Sea, Oceana, Seabourn, Paul Gauguin, and Ponant might be great options. Many of these brands have great onboard amenities, but it is truly based on what is important to you and what you're looking to get out of your cruise. So really, I go through lots in my consultations with my clients And I think it's really important to kind of be specific with what you're looking to get out of your cruise and where you're looking to cruise. On my blog, I've actually created a breakdown of cruise lines with my personal star rating. Again, the star ratings are my own opinion and is based on my personal experience in regards to food, customer service, inclusions, value for money, and more. Again, you can visit my blog at wonderlessjourney.ca. Selecting the right cabin type. So again, this is all on what you're looking to experience with your own cruise. Yes, interior cabins are the cheapest, (laughs) but there are some things to consider when looking at selecting the right cabin type for you. Personally, I love cruising in a balcony. I can open the window, enjoy fresh air, while interior and ocean view cabins rely on circulated air. So yes, if you're hardly in in your room, an interior room can be a great economical option if you're looking to just use your room to essentially sleep, change, and shower. I have cruised an interior room before, and I can tell you I relied on my Sage Aroma Room <laughs> with Immune. 
think of an interior cabin and an ocean view cabin kind of being almost like stuck in an aircraft, so to speak. It is air that they do pump into the rooms, so keep that in mind that it's not necessarily the freshest air as you would if you had a balcony and you were to open up your balcony door every so often to get some proper fresh air in a room. If you're looking for more room, a suite can offer extra perks and of course more space, but I would suggest picking your cabin based on your itinerary. For example, a balcony whilst cruising the Mediterranean, Tahiti, or Alaska is amazing to have as you get quite a bit of use out of it. It's nice to have that private viewing space and you can just sit out there, relax with a glass of wine. It's honestly so nice to have a balcony. Again, as I mentioned, when I'm cruising, I typically do like to have my balcony door just cracked slightly when I sleep at night because then I am getting that fresh air, which is so nice. When working with your travel agent, it's really important to make sure of any of your needs are covered, such as if you're a family getting a proper family room, if you have accessibility needs, or making sure you're in a correct accessible cabin, etc. Is your cabin going to be below the gym or kitchen? Are you aware of what a guarantee is? So these are some of the things I go through with my clients to make sure we are selecting the best cabin for them and that there's no surprises. So for instance, a guarantee style cabin means that your stateroom will be selected for you by a computer about a week prior to departure. Sometimes this could actually mean that you don't know what your cabin is until you actually check in at the cruise. So if the location of your room is important to you, it's best to book early and then also book a room assignment. On river cruise ships, are you okay with Swan View? <laughs> yes, that does mean that in the lower rooms on these river cruise ships, some people don't realize that you are sleeping sometimes below the waterline, and that can make some people nervous. So if these things are important to you, it's really important to bring that up with your travel agent so we can make sure that you are getting the best room for your needs. Next is loyalty to a cruise line. If you are loyal to a brand, you are typically rewarded with offers and gifts as you increase in your loyalty levels. Things to keep in mind, though, is that sometimes is worth moving up, so to speak, and graduating to a new cruise line as free laundry and bottled water can already be an inclusion on another line instead of just a park with your current one. If you're a cruise away from your free one, then by all means... <laughs> But really take a look at what your cruise loyalty program is getting you. If you're unsure on the loyalty programs, we can always chat about that. There are some cruise lines that actually do matching. So that means if you are gold, platinum, elite on one line, you can actually have that transferred to another line and they will reciprocate with their own gold, platinum, elite programs. So there's lots of different ways to kind of maintain or 
get to your next level, so to speak. I know a few of my clients, they've been trying to get up to elite with princess, for instance, and sometimes having those one-day cruises off the West Coast here in Vancouver are really good cheats, so to speak, because it'll actually count towards your cruise numbers. So there's lots of little ways and tips and tricks that we can kind of help you get to increase your loyalty and get you to the next level with a particular line. Next up is shore excursions. So when it comes to shore excursions, really do the research on the ports you're visiting before selecting which tours you're going to do, if any. So depending on the cruise line you've booked with, ocean shore excursions might already be included. Another reason that sometimes booking a more all-inclusive style cruise can be a better option in the long run. Typically with river cruises, most of your basic excursions are already included. You just have to pay for additional or upgraded experiences. Keep in mind though, for most mainline ocean cruise lines, shore excursions are not included and they are an extra cost. So back to selecting shore excursions. (laughs) Going through the ship can be easy options for many people. They do offer a guarantee that the ship will wait for you or the cruise line is responsible for you to get you back to the ship. They usually offer a money-back guarantee as well to make sure you do enjoy yourself. However, the downside is most of the time you're going to be on a tour with 40 to 60 people. I'm going to be honest, in all my cruises, I have done a grand total of one. That is right one shore excursion through any of the mainstream cruise lines. I typically explore some of the ports I visit on my own. Again, this is where a bit of research comes in or help and recommendations, of course, from your travel agent. For example, my upcoming Baltic cruise that I'm doing in July, I'm planning to visit Berlin, St. Petersburg, and Helsinki, and also doing a little side trip to Porvu <laughs> with tours. And I'm planning to see Tallinn, Stockholm, and Copenhagen on my own. I personally use a third-party company that specializes in shore excursions worldwide and has the same guarantees that a cruise line has. So they've got the money-back guarantee, and they've got the guarantee that they'll get you back to the ship on time or they pay to catch you up. I love the tours I've done through them and have had many happy clients with these excursions as well. Usually the groups are a lot smaller. Usually the group sizes are between 8 and 30 people per tour, depending on the tour. And the cost is quite a bit less than the cruise lines. Definitely chat with your travel agent who specializes in cruises for extra tips and tricks depending on your itinerary and cruise company. I typically give my clients tips and tricks for shopping, sites, and restaurants for the ports I've personally visited in the past, which I'm really passionate about. As travel agents, the other thing that's important is that we know the ins and outs of visa requirements in regards to the countries you're going to be visiting on your cruise. 
which can have an impact to you boarding the ship or being able to get off the ship. For example, Russia. <laughs> For a Canadian, getting a Russian visa can be expensive and a bit of a hassle. <laughs> However, if you book your excursions through the ship or the third company I use for myself and my clients, they take care of your Russian visa for you. It's certain things like these that a travel professional can really help you get the most out of your cruise. Also, in regards to visa requirements, I always make sure that my clients do understand which visas they do have to get ahead of time and or if the cruise ship can actually issue the visas for them. Dining on board. So there are usually many dining choices on board a cruise ship. <laughs> Most cruise ships have, of course, the regular main dining room. A buffet-style restaurant, fast snacks, poolside options, a cafe, and of course, specialty restaurants. If food is important to you, make sure that the cruise you're looking for is the best option for your needs. Cruises can accommodate most dietary needs and requirements, but again, this should be chatted about when you're booking your cruise so that your travel agent can notate your file and make sure the cruise line is aware of your requests. I'm going to say that most cruise lines are absolutely amazing when it comes to dietary needs. I've traveled with someone who's celiac. I myself am keto a lot of the times and... I also have a friend who's diabetic, and honestly, everybody has been able to eat food. Um, again, I've ha I've traveled with friends who are vegan, vegetarian. Cruise lines are really good with having most of the choices and availability right on the menu. Most cruise lines, we've actually had the maitre d come over just because I have notated files and they just want to make sure of the dietary restrictions, uh, allergies, things like that. So it is important to make those notations on your cruise reservation so that the cruise line is aware ahead of time. For instance, if all you can have is, say, coconut milk, it's not something that they normally have on board. That's a special request that they have to make sure that they get enough on board for you ahead of time. So it is really worth having those conversations with whoever you're booking your cruise with, just so that if you are vegan or whatnot, or if you do have some kind of an allergy, we make sure that you're not going to have any problems when you get on board. In regards to specialty restaurants, some cruise lines do have an additional charge for these restaurants on board. So whether the cruise line you're sailing with charges or not, you can make some reservations for specialty restaurants, usually now online, before your cruise to make sure you get to dine where you like and which time you like. I remember once being on a cruise and meeting a couple who finally showed up for their last meal in the dining room on the last night of our cruise. The wife was so excited that they were finally splurging on a meal and asked where the prices were on the menu or what the charge was. Well, we were in the main dining room, <laughs> which meant there wasn't a charge on anything. <laughs> 
they had apparently been eating in the buffet the entire cruise, and she was not impressed at all with her husband that they could have been sitting down having meal service the whole week. So again, it's little things like this that sometimes chatting with a travel advisor can really help make the most out of your cruise. For instance, there are some cruise lines that they don't charge for specialty dining. It's already included in the price. Again, another reason why sometimes it's worth kind of seeing last minute deals and things like that, because you never know. Sometimes it is worth paying a little extra because you're just getting those many more inclusions than what some of the more mainstream cruise lines offer. Gratuities. So if you go on forums, there's a lot of love-hate with these gratuities or prepaid service charges. (laughs) So every single cruise do have gratuities. It can sometimes be included depending on the promotion you book, or it's an additional charge that you can add on before you sail, again, depending on the cruise line, or it is paid on board at the end of your sailing. The gratuity price depends on the cruise line and the stateroom category. Suites, of course, pay more than inside, etc. But the reason I'm a big fan of gratuities is that everyone benefits. Yes, you can tip your room steward and your server, but they aren't the dishwashers, people doing laundry, or the entertainment on board. Gratuities makes it fair, so you don't have to worry about tipping absolutely everybody or the people that are behind the scenes who deserve a tip as well. If you're using a butler or a concierge, please also consider tipping them extra for good service, as they do typically go above and beyond in my experience, and it's just really nice to kind of do that. If you are planning on tipping, make sure that you do bring envelopes and in the top left corner, make sure you put your name and your stateroom. Then in where you would normally put a regular address, make sure you put the full name of your server or your room steward who you would like to tip. Then place the tip inside the envelope and seal it. This will make sure that the tip is actually going to go to that person and not be distributed amongst the staff. Typically, on some cruise lines, the person, even though they're given a cash tip, they're not allowed to keep those tips unless it's personally addressed to them. Okay, on to drink packages. So most cruise lines do offer some drink package for purchase or part of a perk when booking. Some cruise lines, especially river cruises, offer wine and beer with lunch and dinner already included. Again, speak to your travel agent to find out which type of a drink package is best for you. I personally don't buy a drink package usually. Sometimes I'll buy a non-alcoholic drink package so I can have unlimited specialty coffees, etc. But depending on the cruise line that you cruise with, um, sometimes you can bring a certain amount of wine on board per cabin without a corkage fee. What is a corkage fee? (laughs) So some cruise lines do charge to bring wine on board, whether you drink it in your straight room or in any of the dining rooms. 
So a corkage fee is typically just a fee that they will charge to bring wine on board. Or a corkage fee will also be if you bring your personal bottle of wine into the dining room. I typically like to go for this option. (laughs) I prefer to bring my own wine on board and enjoy it in my stateroom uh, instead of buying a beverage package. But again, it's something we can definitely chat about. And there's lots of different options, especially for kids. They've got a non-alcoholic package as well. That's more for soda and virgin drinks. So there's lots of options when it comes to drink packages. Internet on cruise ships. So cruise ships do have Wi-Fi on board. Keep in mind that it is satellite internet, so it's much slower and less reliable than what you're probably used to at home. Some cruise lines do include internet. Some you can choose as a perk or you can purchase it on board. But just keep in mind that it is definitely something that is a little less reliable than what you're typically used to. And it can be very expensive. I typically don't buy an internet package on board. I actually will go and sit in a cafe in a port if I want to do some uploading of photos or try to connect with back home. That's just personally what I do. So this was actually asked on my Instagram. How do you find the best deal? So again, I can't say this enough. (laughs) Use a travel agent who specializes in cruises. Again, I'm a cruise expert myself and a virtuoso travel agent, so I do have extra perks I can offer my clients depending on the cruise booked. This could be extra onboard credits or special onboard surprises from me. I now offer a service that I can actually track my client's sailings to make sure that you're booked at the best price or the best promotion. So if there's a better deal that comes along, I can actually work with the cruise line to make sure you get an upgrade, onboard credits, or extra perks to get the most of what you paid. I also get notifications of all the latest sales and promotions from each cruise line every week. My inbox is literally bombarded, especially this time of year, as it is currently wave season. (laughs) As I've been in the industry for a little while now, I have experience when it comes to knowing the best times of year to book a cruise. Again, the best cruise offers are normally in January and February, and the best cruise line for your budget, itinerary, etc. Deposits and final payments. Again, this all depends on the cruise line and the promotion you booked as to what the deposit will be. Sometimes the deposits are refundable, sometimes they aren't. Again, one of the benefits of booking with a travel agent, I'll make sure that everything is extremely clear to you so you know what to expect and send you reminders before your final payment is due. Typically, final payments are due 90 to 120 days prior to departure of your cruise. So cruising solo, this is something again that I'm very passionate about as I do love to cruise solo myself. (laughs) So cruising solo is becoming really popular. Recent statistics from Statistics Canada are that 52% of Canadians are single, widowed, or divorced. Lonely Planet did a poll in which 67% of respondents in a 2019 survey said their next trip would be solo. 43% 
48% of baby boomers say they took a solo trip in 2018. So it's really nice to see that many of the cruise lines have realized the market's needs and have started adding solo cabins on board. Some of the cruise lines have even started to waive single supplements. Some cruise lines have implemented solo traveler meetups on board, usually on the first day when you board the ship, which can be really well attended. The solo groups on board usually meet every day and arrange group dinners and events, so you don't actually feel alone if you don't want to be. My aunt, for instance, just got back from a 17-day cruise from Dubai to Singapore back in December, and she had a great time with her solo traveler group. There was a really large group, and she made some great friendships, which they still keep in contact and have been chatting amongst themselves about other cruises they're booking in the future. You can also join one of my favorite resources, Cruise Critic, for free. They have a message board that normally has roll calls for each cruise departure. It's a great place to make connections before your cruise and to see who else is sailing on your sailing. You can also see if there's a local solo travelers group near you. I actually run two solo travelers groups in the Vancouver Lower Mainland area. You can always send me a message for information if you're in the area and if you want to attend. Solo traveler groups are great to meet other solo travelers and see what other group opportunities for travel there are. I know in the groups I run, some of the ladies have become great friends and travel together, or we have put together a cruise group and travel as a group. Cruising alone shouldn't put you off cruising. It's such a great way to explore this world because of the ease of travel. It's much less daunting than a group tour or doing it on your own hopping from city to city. Cruise groups. <laughs> so do you have a potential group of 10 passengers or more? So whether you have a corporate group, a retreat group, a family reunion, a group of friends traveling, a special interest group such as photographers, artists, wine club, a book club, if you've got friends that are looking to do a retirement party with, an anniversary celebration, or even a wedding, groups on board cruises can really be rewarding for everybody. Again, it's really easy for travel agents to help you put that together. We can really help you get the best rates and extra perks for your group. And again, it's really easy because everyone is in the same spot and it can be really rewarding to have a cruise group. It's sometimes really fun to cruise with the people who you have that connection with and really get to explore a new part of the world. We can even put together special shore excursions for you and your group. So it's, it is, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So this is something that's quite controversial right now, but it's talking about cruise sustainability and the environment. So again, cruising is quite controversial when it comes to being environmentally friendly or sustainable. But there are some cruise lines out there that are doing their best to try to help the environment. Some of the luxury cruise lines have launched clean energy ships, and some of the bigger lines are starting to follow suit. 
Some cruise lines have also eliminated single-use plastics on board. Others are committing to do so bit by bit, such as eliminating straws on board, getting rid of the towel animals. Yes, they were so cute, but I do realize it does add up to quite a bit more laundry. (laughs) And some cruise lines are even now using uh, boxed water. However, I think it really does come down to us being sustainable travelers. I personally bring a reusable water bottle on board. Uh, Typically, I'll fill it with, you know, a slice of lemon and then water. Uh, If I'm just walking around the ship that day on a sea day or even bringing it back to my room. Also, I will fill it up and take it off the ship with me so I'm not buying bottled waters in destinations. And then I also have a travel cup with a straw. And then I also travel with a reusable straw because when I do want to order that pina colada or something like that, I would like to enjoy it without the paper straw disintegrating on me. So just a couple little tips there. Also, try to reuse your towels a couple times before requesting new ones and hold on to your your beach slash pool towel for a few uses as well. In the dining rooms, I actually order small portions so as to not waste any food either. I mean, come on, you do want to try a couple of those appetizers anyways, right? (laughs) But then it's also thinking about other things such as being sustainable to the places that you are visiting and being mindful. Uh, For instance, if you do ever visit Santorini, really make sure that you don't use the donkeys to go up the hill. Uh, There is the cable car or there's the other option of taking a ferry to Ia if that's where you're trying to go and then they'll drive you up to Ia. But really being mindful that sometimes tourists can create a big negative problem. So for instance, the donkeys, the reason why you don't want to use them is that they are overworked. And sometimes they'll get saddle sores and things like that. So it's being a mindful traveler and supporting the local economies. I myself, I like to seek out the local markets. So for instance, in KOTOR Montenegro, there's a really cute little locals market that's just around the corner from the the walled part of the city and you know you're supporting you're supporting the locals and not necessarily the places that you're just going to buy something that was made in China. So keeping sustainable travel within your thoughts when you are taking a cruise is very important. I also want to cover wheelchairs and accessibility. So again, I can't say enough, this is where a cruise specialist really comes in. We can suggest itineraries that would better suit someone that has a wheelchair or accessibility needs. For instance, if you're someone with a wheelchair, I would suggest avoiding an itinerary that requires a lot of tenders. Tendering off the ship can be pretty well impossible in some ports and off some ships, so there are very strict guidelines that need to be met with that. In regards to cabins, there are many different cabin types of accessible cabins, and there's 
forms that actually need to be filled out ahead of time to make sure that you're allocated a specific cabin type depending on your needs. So this can be a cabin for someone who might be deaf in a wheelchair or potentially blind. There was an instance that I saw recently in a travel forum that someone had booked a family getaway on their own and the grandparents unfortunately could not access the balcony or the washroom facilities within the cabin as the wheelchair would not fit through the bathroom door. Once on board, of course, the cruise was totally sold out and they couldn't be moved. So they were relying on public washrooms just to even use a washroom. If they had a travel agent to help them out, this would have never happened and a correct cabin would have been assigned to them. Travel agents can also arrange scooter and wheelchair rentals on board. Again, this is something that I chat about with my clients in regards to their needs. Last but not least, travel insurance. (laughs) Bottom line, (laughs) things happen, get insurance. Honestly, I've seen it all. (laughs) I've unfortunately had a client slip and break her jaw three days before departing for her 14-day river cruise and couldn't travel. Insurance made sure she got everything back. I've had clients miss flights due to an accident on the Massey Tunnel on the way to the airport. I've had clients miss the first day of their cruise due to a delay in a flight, which caused them to land too late and miss boarding the ship. Again, always also arrive the day before just to make sure that your connections go smoothly. And if it doesn't, you at least have a day to kind of give yourself that buffer time, I guess you could say. Even for my cruise that I'm doing in April, even though it's just a direct flight from Vancouver down to San Diego, myself and my friend were still flying out the day before just because the flight the morning of the cruise would get in around 1230 in the afternoon. If something was to go wrong, that means that we would most likely miss the departure of the cruise. And it is a Pacific Coastal, which means there would not be a spot to pick up the cruise again till it got to Seattle. So always kind of plan ahead for those types of things. I've also had clients need to seek medical attention on board a ship before. If you don't have insurance, believe me, it's not cheap. (laughs) I've heard of people needing to be medically evacuated off ships, unfortunately. It has happened on a ship I've been sailing on a couple times over the years. And a cruise or any trip is an investment. So I always, always, always recommend that. Think about if 24 hours prior to departure, you need to cancel. Are you getting everything back? Cruise lines do offer their own insurance. However, sometimes it's only a cruise credit for a future cruise and not actually cash back. So make sure you read the fine print and bottom line, make sure you get insurance. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode on planning the perfect cruise. I'm going to be back next week with preparing for your cruise and then actually some tips and tricks of how to enjoy your cruise. I hope you found today's episode on Cruising 101, Planning the Perfect Cruise, helpful and inspiring. 
be sure to check out my blog post for this episode at wonderlessjourney.ca and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review and share this podcast with friends. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, or if you have any topics in mind you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please email me at podcast at wonderlessjourney.ca or send me a message on Instagram at wonderlessjourney.ca. Thanks again for listening. See you again next week.